0: You are now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am one of your esteemed hosts, Jimmy Hoffman.
1: And I am the other less
0: esteemed host, Alan Danziger. And it's time to get embarrassed with us. Ooh, Lordy!
1: <laughs> okay. Welcome again, our lovely listener out there in wherever you may be land. This is Lost and Rewound. Thanks again for coming back.
0: Yeah, welcome again. This is a program where we listen to tapes of the past. Indeed we do.
1: And if you ever have any tapes from your past that you think may be suitable for our programming, then by all means, please, <laughs> submit it. Bring them. Bring <laughs> them to Fantasy Island. Bring them to Fantasy the plane, the plane, the tape, the tape. The tape, the tape. <laughs> the tape, the tape. The tape. the tape. And thanks to the fine folks at Radio Free Brooklyn, we bring this to you weekly as opposed to monthly as we used to back in the day when we were but a humble little podcast.
0: Aye, but a, but a humble little podcast. Oh, a humble little pod- of, on a top of the hill, a podcast.
1: <laughs> you know what? Leaf clovers. Don't forget, if you want to donate any money to help us keep going with ease financial ease you can go to radiofreebrooklyn.com slash pledge or go to our profile on radio Free at radiofreebrooklyn.com slash lar and sponsor us directly yeah,
0: if you want to help us again with ease give us that cheese <laughs> let's begin <laughs>
1: It's a hot 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 day. It is there's no joke weather going on right now. For me at least, I don't know about you, but I have an internal heating system. For me now as an adult, I just I
0: I, I, I hate being outside. Oh, I can't deal with it. it. I I lose it. When it gets hot, I lose my mind. I overheat so easily. Yeah. I'm, I'm that guy that's on the subway ripping my clothes off after work before I like pass out from heat exhaustion. So trust me, I know what you're talking
1: about. As opposed to officially pass out, you're like a phone battery on its like last
0: fifteen percent. Please charge now, kind of juice. Exactly. I don't even understand how I get by in, the, in, a, in a place this hot, man. It's like ninety three degrees. It said today.
1: Luckily, upstate New York, uh, there was more watering holes than just the public pools that you can find here in the city. I actually, in my last few years, last few summers, have definitely made it a point to go and visit pools and try finding ones with diving boards because that was my jam. Like, I had to go to a pool. But if I'm upstate, I'm golden. Like, I know where to go. I know my spots. I've
0: never in my life jumped off a diving board. Actually, what? Yeah, it's because I didn't know Hog how to. Wash. I didn't know how to swim until I was thirteen or something like that. Okay, and then I guess I was a little tentative about swimming after that. Did I ever tell the story about learning how I learned to swim? Yes, you I did co- tell that. You story. told it on the show. I, that, I was thinking you were thrown in. It's such a terrifying story. I'm sure I told it on this program. <laughs> <laughs> well, the
1: summer is uh, representative of how your mind is after school finishes up, and so your mind is free for this episode. We were originally supposed to have a guest, and he will be here next week. I don't want to We're not going to talk
0: any smack on him. He's, he's, no, he's no, no, guy. no.
1: We're, we're not going to spoil anything right now. Though uh, I will say that I was not prepared <laughs> for today's show, although because of the goodie bag of Danziger's own clips from past, I certainly had plenty to talk about, including this clip of which... Was recorded in the summer of
2: 1994. Hello, this is Elon Ventura. Here reporting in 1994, the summer. School's out. I'm going to sixth grade. And once I'm out of sixth grade, I will be in junior high. And I'm in second grade. Yeah, she's got Miss Mira, which I call Miss Diary. Yeah, yeah. Probably if you know Miss Diary, but she's nice. Who cares about that? So. We're going to have a great to the, this time, yes. We're going to see a wreck. We'll be Vincent and William and Devin and Brooks and, Scott and Kyle and Sarah and Hello. Bo. Heck with her. And Mom. Everybody. <laughs> and Cassie will be there. And Kyle and, oh, who cares about Cassie? But Kyle is be there. And everybody is there. Huh. I'm excited. Uh, I'm so stupid, so he has to shut up. And Sarah's so more annoying than before. Uh, yes. And now I'm going to... Ooh, Oh, God, uh, Camp C oh, Yeah, I'm going to Camp C waka It John Riley, the nicest person in the world. And, uh, a I'm uh, I'm so excited to see. We, I'm going to be a wreck. I'm going to be six right into summer. I'm having fun. Lots and lots of just darn good damn fun. oh, uh, I am. So excited. I'm so excited. I'm going to turn this off. Oh, no, please,
1: please. It's me I think probably the greatest misnomer in that clip is how everyone is around and how I'm just so excited to see everyone, and it's not the case cuz nobody's
0: around. No one's, around, <laughs> no in one's the around in the summer. No one is there, especially when you're a kid, everybody leaves for the summer.
1: Yeah. I was just chatting with somebody who uh who has a birthday in the summer and I know you have a birthday in the summer. Yeah, in a
0: little over a week from now
1: happy birthday in advance thank you sir the birthday in the summer conundrum is always that yeah you have your birthday when you could be spending it outside but you're not gonna get cupcakes (laughs) dude yeah you're exactly
0: right when i was growing up i i used to like to have birthday parties and there was a good half of them where a ton of my good friends wouldn't be around they'd be out right at at camp or they would be on vacation there's a lot of Friends that you make over the summer
1: or that you see every summer when you're going to camp or you're going to your local pool or, uh, and whatnot, there is going to be familiar faces, but you don't see them during the school year. So it's your way of sort of resetting maybe every summer. If you're seeing the same kids that you see from last year, no I've, different than would you'd be resetting for a school year, but just with different
0: audience. It, oh, it helps you to um, to keep track of time in your life. You know, you, you count. some people count the winters. Some people, you know, we could count the summers the same way. I was in Tokyo. They told me they don't have summer break there. They just go to school all year round. Just, what? Yeah, they just go to school 12 months a year. I mean, that's what I remember. What I, what, I'm, what I, It may be different now. That was over 10 years ago. But, you know, they were like, what do you mean vacation, like months off? I was like, yeah, we get two full months off from school. It's awesome. I was always I super excited about summer. And I actually, when I was growing up, was not really a summer camp kid for the most part well you did go to the boy scouts camp you talked to the, about that went to that boy scout camp i remember there was one point when my father asked me when i was really young he said do you want to go to camp every year and i was sort of indifferent my father was a teacher too so he, he figured he could spend a lot of time with me go to a lot of ball games go to the beach a lot going to the park hanging out playing sure. sports that sort of thing you know i mean summer vacation is it's i, I miss it honestly You know, adult life is not the same. When summer comes, it's just hot. Well, let's let
1: this experience of being on this show let us go back, way back, back into the times when we didn't have to worry about being all (laughs) adult-like. And now you're there. There in the past. (laughs) And so while we're there, tell me, Jimmy Hoffman, what was a summer in the city that did not involve camp-like?
0: So a summer in the city with no camp, um, the city is a lot emptier in this in the summertime. Sure. For sure. And um, it was boiling hot, as always. A lot of ice cream. Always eating ice cream any chance you get. Yep. For me, it was always doing just summertime activities, trying to find something. You know, all year round, I feel like you sort of want to do stuff, and you don't end up getting out to it. Summertime is on the weekends. You go to museums or the zoo or stuff. But summer, it was just chock full of events. And actually, every summer... What I used to do is I would have my friends who were around during the summer, and I had like three or four friends I used to hang out with when I was a kid, and I would schedule myself play dates with them every week, and I would try to schedule every single day to hang out with someone. Wow. Yeah, I would really, and it wasn't that I was like a really super sociable kid or something like that. I just didn't want to be uh, bored. I guess this was mostly before I got video games. Then <laughs> well, That when, was locked in my house. That's a good question. When did you get video games? When I was like 13. You didn't get video games until you were thirteen? I was thirteen. And the first thing I got was a was a PS two, actually.
1: You got a PS two when you were thirteen years old, and that was your introduction to video games. But yeah. clearly you had been playing
0: video games before then. You just didn't have I them. I didn't have them. Yeah. Right. I had, I had a Game Boy, but I don't feel like it you know, it wasn't a home console. It didn't it didn't suck you in the same way unless you were playing Pokemon.
1: I didn't really dig Game Boys because I realized that video games was something I liked to play at night. And they had not invented the, or at least I wasn't balling enough to have one of those, like... Game Boy Color? No, not even, I don't think. Oh, it with was, the backlight or yeah, whatever? Yeah, the backlight. That yeah. They developed it over time. They didn't have it at first. Yeah, the original Game Boy. You couldn't play at night. Yeah. You couldn't see that thing. I know what you're talking about. Like, it just didn't seem like something I really wanted to do before I went to bed. <laughs> and that yeah. was the only time. Other, other than maybe, like, being on the road. Being in a car. Thinking of the amount of times that I would be in a car for that long of a period of time where I would actually get bored, I can't think of many times that I honestly would have wanted to uh, rock a Game Boy. But I also got car sick a lot when I was a kid. I could never read in the car, so no, I, I was not a Strict either, disadvantage.
0: Yeah, I couldn't read on. I couldn't read on any kind of. I still can't really read it in, like in a vehicle. I'll read like you know sporadically Twitter headlines, you know, in a bus, but. Is. i don't want to <laughs> that's really the extent of my reading now i don't read articles i just read headlines and try to piece things together
1: now. i remember you bringing up uh, at some point or another there was uh the camp that your father was a counselor at and so that must have been a interesting road trip up and you must have like i don't know did you have anything to keep or pass the time i should say
0: yeah so um my father was a counselor at a camp called camp monroe which was up in uh, Monroe, New York. That's fair. my father was from Yonkers, which I want to say was maybe 30 minutes away from Monroe or something like that. And Monroe would take us like a little over an hour to an hour and a half to get to. And my father had been a counselor there for like years and years, so he knew everybody at the camp. And they basically would just go, hey, you can go and have free reign for anything. So we'd go there and go horseback riding and go and swim in the pool or go to the go-kart track. Um, the cool thing was that when you were actually a kid at the camp, everything was very scheduled, you know, and you'd have like certain times when you could do all the different activities and certain activities were open only at certain times of the day. Yep. And, you know, everyone would kind of be like, you know, everyone really wanted to do certain things. So you'd come at a certain time of the day and be packed. And what was cool is that since we were like friends with the owners of the camp, they would let us go to any spot at any time and they would always like send a counselor with us. So we could go and, like, take the go-karts out of the garage if we wanted and drive around the track empty. That's so pimp. Or go and, the same way, ride the horses when no one else is riding horses and it'd just be us riding around. You got to do everything that a camper could do, but you didn't have to be in a group while doing it. I didn't have to deal with all the other kids. I think there was always in my mind growing up um, a little tinge of jealousy because they seemed like they were having so much fun in that social situation of everybody's out at camp and we're all friends Mm -hmm. And I'd be, just be there with my dad. How um, many summers did you do this in a row? I think we'd—I'd gone to Camp Monroe probably for a period of ten years, Jimmy. And I would go over the summer for like we would go, we would go like for just a day. <laughs> That's a
1: long time, dude. I didn't realize you would went for that many years. Yeah,
0: maybe I mean maybe minimum seven years. We would go usually we would we would visit the camp two or three times over the summer. Right, and we'd just
1: be there for the day. So, okay, here's a better question then. What made you, even after the first year, or sorry, the first summer, second summer, third summer, was there not one inkling of a possibility in your head that
0: suggested maybe you should go? (laughs) <laughs> I think the reason why I didn't want to go is I never was willing and this is something I've been my whole life. I didn't want to uh dedicate the real time. I, didn't, I the the fact that they had to go for the whole summer, that was what got me. Wait, you re, like you couldn't even go for 2 weeks? No, that 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 camp was it was a, was a straight up 2 month summer camp. Ooh, that's so you rough. yeah, you went the week school ended you left the camp, the week school was starting. And that, to me, was too, was just too much. I just couldn't say – I just I didn't want to do the whole thing.
1: I agree with you. I, I would be the same way. I went to sleepaway camp once myself, but uh, I did not get to go for that long. I, I guess I could have gone for longer, to be fair. But looking back, I distinctly recall wanting to keep my sleepaway camp experience to as nominal of a period of time as possible. So – I went to Frost Valley, which is very well known in New York because it is the YMCA sleepaway camp that almost everybody in the city goes to since it's so close. I used to do the YMCA day camp in New York. Yeah. Camp C. Wakamano, which you heard in the clip before, is where I went as a day camp attendee for maybe three summers, I'd say. I want to say three summers I went, or maybe three or four, and then I was a CIT which is a counselor and in training, training yeah, yeah. yeah so i did the cit experience and that was enjoyable i was never in sleep camp until um, i became a i guess i was 15 or 16 so i was going into my sophomore year of high and school and
0: that was like a time you were you were were you a counselor
1: no it, it was so what was funny was is that uh they actually had an age group for 15 16 year olds it's hmm. like once you became over 16 to like 17 18 was when you'd be eligible to be a counselor okay and mostly you would just end up being a counselor for kids that uh, were of the youngest age Of course yeah so I went for a quarter of the time <laughs> that most of the kids that were going there for okay at Frost Valley one, one thing I found really amusing was is that they refused to serve soda at the cafeteria. Because they wanted to promote
0: less sugar consumption. That, that many years ago, really? That seems like a, like a modern day idea. But I, I, I like to think that that were, they were progressive. That was forward thinking. I'm then.
1: recalling that they served something called
0: bug juice, which is what bug they... juice, dude. I was just thinking that they serve bug juice. So this isn't this is exclusive. A, this is a thing. Dude. This is a thing. It's a thing. Tell me about bug juice. Bug juice is just like it's like jungle juice. It's like it's a, I don't know, usually fruit punch or something. But like it's always kind of like. You don't you can't tell it's not normal fruit punch. <laughs> they mix it together or something, <laughs> and it just is sugary water. And yeah. there's always bugs in it because you're in camp, so there's a ton of bugs.
1: I, I got used to that. I got used to the, the food. I got used to the, everything. And that bug they juice
0: were... and uh, mystery meat, right? Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. I, I honestly found it uh, to be a relatively okay experience. I had been weaned on the experience of sleeping over a night because at the day camp they had one per session they had an overnight that you would spend at the camp. I, I guess you could say I was preparing myself for the inevitable of going away for even even longer time.
0: And Yeah, when you're a kid, it's a big deal, though. It's not a normal thing. Go. I mean, even just to sleep over at a friend's house for the yeah. first time no, becomes a thing.
1: That is what is such a marvelous comparison. There is such a different feeling that you have when you're going over to someone you know's house nearby versus going in, being in the outdoors surrounded by your peers whom you're not really comfortable undressing around or on or you know not very comfortable being around in all really because you only really see them during the daytime so you don't know how they are at night they may have dietary restrictions you would be like oh that's weird or they may like me (laughs) (laughs) as if as if as if yeah yeah but no there was a lot of Different variables that went into the whole social ramifications of being in a circle of folks who you don't really know very well to even, you know, you don't know as well as you could. But Let's just say that. You're in a very unfamiliar territory. You're in the woods. You're surrounded by nature you have bug spray on you so you're prepared <laughs> but you're waking up that next morning and you're not showering you're, yeah. your, your parents aren't going to be waking you up you're yeah. going to be woken up by a bearded hairy sweaty man who is telling you to get up and it's time to go greet the day
0: yeah early in the morning right yeah basically i actually also now that i now not i remember actually i used to go to um sports day camps too
1: that's that's exactly what we're what we're talking about. man.
0: I used to go to um, baseball camp and I went to soccer camp as well.
1: Sick. Where where they exactly were um, they in Brooklyn? They
0: were no, they were actually both in Queens, interestingly enough. Mm. So, um, but the thing that I remember there is that the kids who really knew how to play would give you a ton of shit, and because I was like always the novice, the amateur kid that hadn't really played much, and I was athletic and I could take to it really well, and they'd be teaching you. I mean, it was lessons. It wasn't like a league you know they're
1: you, there to learn too yeah
0: that's what i thought to myself and uh, i remember that especially at soccer camp i was pretty awful i was a bad soccer player um but at baseball camp i was a pretty good baseball player and i had played a lot less baseball than a lot of the other kids and they used to dislike me because my skill level versus theirs i wasn't as good as them but they'd been playing for like years and i had you know had just kind of taken to it so they used to really hate my guts and i remember getting Sort of teased for not being a baseball kid, you know, that had trained since I was five, like trying to throw a curveball before I knew how to spell sort of thing.
1: It's really reassuring to know that no matter what the activity is, there are always going to be kids that you interact with who tout themselves as higher and mightier. But that I think you go throughout life always being surrounded by that. No matter where you are, they're always going to fancy themselves as being better than you,
0: no matter what. It's funny, actually, because, uh, you know, on my tour today, um, again, I work as a tour guide in New York. Tell us about your tour guide story. I, right? had, uh, I had these tourists on my bus today, and I I talk baseball sometimes with tourists. If I see them wearing some baseball, I'll bring it up because it's a big hobby of mine. And uh, one of these guys, big guy, he was like, oh, I used to play ball in high school. And he was like – and cel- tourists will always bring up the celebrity baseball player, the guy that they know. And this just happens a lot. They'll, they'll know one guy from their town that became pro. And this guy said that he played against uh, Dustin Pedroia off the Red Sox. Yes, he's the second baseman. He's he's after Big Poppy, He's pretty much like the secondary face now of the team. And it's funny because I didn't really want to come out and say it. I'd heard. I lived in Boston, so I'd heard about Pedroia before. And then they sort of brought it up, and they were like, "Yeah, he's the biggest jerk around. Like he was so nasty to everybody, and he was so full of himself." And they know even in those days he was a great player, but no one ever thought he'd be he'd go pro. Uh, For one, he was just so full of himself that even if he had skill, you you sort of didn't even look at it because you're like you hated the guy. Okay, but he's also really small. The guy's like five foot six or five foot seven or something like that. I personally call him the squirrel. I've always called him the squirrel. There's always one. (laughs) He's, He's 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 a super pesky player. He's got this really hairy face, and he's like just. He's just so quick, but it reminded me of you know something. But what, what about the tourists? Like. But what about the tourists that uh, were talking about him? Well, they were the ones that brought up that he was nasty. I didn't say it. I, I was like, oh yeah, Pedroia, what a great player. Like, yeah, that's so cool. You knew a guy that was the MVP, and then they're like, yeah, we. we Did hate, you ever come across
1: him. a Dustin Pedroia when you were at baseball camp?
0: Then yes, there was a kid that in my mind was exactly like Dustin Pedroia. I mean, he was really short. He was the best player of all the kids. And um, he used to just give us all a bunch of crap because we weren't as good as him. And I remember that I one time looked at him and I was like, "I may not be as good as you, but I'm a foot taller than you, and you're never gonna get this tall." <laughs> and he officially hated my guts after that. Well, because you talked back. I did. I, I I don't take guff from anybody, man. If Some people try, you know, try to talk smack to me. I'll I'll talk smack right back. Even though I can't back it up, you know, I'm from New York. I'm from New York. You want to talk smack to me? Yeah, we'll meet you on the corner. You know, I got I got guys. <laughs> I still remember he threw at me when he was pitching one time. Okay. And uh, so I threw back at him when I was pitching because I was like, really? Like, we're all going to pitch. We're taking turns. <laughs> this is this is really dumb. And he missed me. And uh, I managed to hit him right in the balls. It was pretty classic. Yeah, he's wearing a cup, you know. But... but still, that's like, I don't want
1: to say that that sounds exactly like getting shot when you have a bulletproof vest. <laughs> but it's still going to hurt.
0: Oh, yeah. He, he was He was definitely in pain. And, uh, but he was sort of my rival. He, he would, he was, he had picked me out as the kid he wanted to make fun of. And then he, then he threw at me and I'm thinking the same way, oh man, I can get hurt. So I made sure to throw it in below the waist. I was just going to try to hit him on a leg or something like that. And I, in my wildest dream, never thought I hit him. In the balls okay. how, did, how did that uh, play out then? It was pretty amazing. Uh, I actually learned a new pitch <laughs> as I was throwing at his balls like it was so I, I learned how to throw a split finger fastball, <laughs> and I was like i 'm going to split his nuts and be perfect, and a split finger fastball will will have like a downward movement, so I sort of I figured out that I could throw it when I was, and I and I threw it in that moment, and I I aimed like at his waist, and it went right down and like zipped at the last minute. So he kind of like kind of ducked out of the way, like it was going to hit him in the chest, and it was just it was just a, a perfect moment. He rushed the mound, he tried to attack me, and uh, again I was a lot bigger than him, so I I just kind of put my hand out on his head, sort of deal, and he was swinging and didn't hit me. You know, sometimes people try to antagonize you, you go back at him. You know, it was it was pretty silly, but what are you going to do
1: about an- antagonization? I got to say that uh, we, we we've talked about this a lot in previous episodes. I think that one of our common threads seems to be sort of competition with boys, competition on the playground, competition in uh, any sort of sport variety, and I couldn't help but think that there was a sense of similarities that there is with this particular clip to what you've been talking about it's sort of the you know getting the upper hand if if we can maybe think of one thing for this episode that will probably have to uh encompass it it'll be getting the upper hand i don't know maybe not the, the title is going to be just something super irreverent that it is for every single episode. Like our last episode was called Ten Stuffed Chickens" because of your father.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, did it's... he
1: ever listen to that episode? By the way,
0: he has yet to listen to the show, man. Well, I'm gonna... then
1: you didn't have to talk about Degrassi in such detail.
0: He says he's going to listen, but he, he's just like me, man. Roll the clip. <laughs> We're talking about chicken fights.
2: We really need to know where everybody is. Right, hey guys, we're gonna have a chicken fight. You're out of chicken fight, guys. challenger between the challenger Jeremy oh, and the Jeremy. champion Ian he and look Elliot so and Ian the, the cocky yeah, him is gonna so with the good no, and oh no God. look at this yeah. this yeah. is hey oh. yeah. champions, Ian and Jerry going against each other. Two former champions going against each other. All right. Punch me in the face. You went to hug Jeremy. Punch You shoot my sister, Ian. When I jump, I jumped. I know, Adam. but your dick was in my face. And You were second, right? No. I was grieving. Going to Let the fight, Ian! And Casey's. This is waiting the best time and oh Look at that! Awesome! Oh, he hangs out and... Oh, man! We'll bring on oh, you one oh, of those people. up, What the hell are they doing? hurt again it's still the biggest reason that sucks my dick all right and thank you for listening to the chicken fights
1: clarification that i should have prefaced with before that rather rudimentarily and uh, messy clip is that chicken fights are more than just what you would think they are when you think of a chicken fight, Jimmy, you think of being on top of someone's shoulders
0: in the in the pool, yeah,
1: right. However, there is like like water polo is actually
0: <laughs> stupid. <laughs> You're explaining this like uh, okay, so, like we're on the Discovery Channel.
1: No, 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 no. It's not that important. All I'm saying is is that there is in fact a version of chicken fights, so that you can have on the ground if you are hanging from the monkey bars you are basically with two people on the monkey bars facing each other by pulling them down that is a way of winning in one person
0: one on one chicken fights so people on the ground are not playing you have to be on the monkey bars
1: you have to be on the monkey bars and the and the one who can successfully without kicking wrap the legs around the other person and tear them off the monkey bars is the winner i'm really trying to envision 11 12 year olds doing this and it just
0: seems like it'd be much more dangerous than it's coming off uh just from listening to the clip i know and you guys were like you guys were into it i mean you were getting intense people were cursing i played you know.
1: wrestling on my own behalf for the vince mcmahon like oh
2: look he's, that's a fight and he's got a, he's on the ring oh disqualification
1: I got su- I got super into the wrestling announcing thing going yeah. on there. But, uh, yeah, the, you know, boys will be boys, obviously. Though I don't think there was ever another instance that I ever saw something like this go on. I don't think I've ever seen kids do this.
0: I've never. <laughs> after this moment. Yeah, I've never seen something like chicken fights like that. Um, but we did play a lot of dumb boy games that involved getting hurt more. You know what I'm talking about? Like Slaps. Or bloody knuckles? You ever play those? Uh, explain. So slaps. You guys would hold your, put your hands on top of the other hands, right? Like, and you would just put someone's put their palm out. You put oh, their palm on their hand, yeah, and yeah, then the yeah, other yeah. person would just come on down on top of their hand, and you just would just keep turning your hand over, and then you'd slap the the top of their hand as hard as you could. That's universal.
1: I don't know if that was uh, one gender per se. I think everybody did that. Possibly. And then there
0: was bloody knuckles, where you guys you punch fists into each other.
1: I must admit that I'm not familiar with, although these sound childish and uh, innocent compared to the games that kids are playing now where they they pretend try to not breathe or something like that yeah something really not funny but at the same time when you think about things like this compared to the more inventive youtube video recording of doing something really stupid it was a much simpler time Back it's then. simpler days it's a simpler days when the kids would just wrap their legs around each other and try and hit them to the ground well
0: i mean again i think i did briefly mention this on another episode of this season I'd seen these YouTube clips of kids doing MMA, like, against each other in and, so, and fights. So,
1: yeah. And explain a little bit more about how you even saw this.
0: I think it was just post, someone posted it on Facebook or something like that.
1: Why would someone post this on Facebook?
0: It was There was a bully that was bullying a kid. He hit the kid, and the kid knew MMA, and the kid tore him up. Again, it's a childlike thing. Usually when I was a kid and we'd get in little fights, it, it didn't get that serious. I mean, I, again, we talked about this also. I got in fist fights as a kid. But they never got that serious, and I mean, MMA is brutal, and brutalizing another kid with this stuff. I mean, I remember when I was watching this video, it was just like, (gasps) I I just thought to myself, I don't think it's appropriate to teach children these sort of techniques, because there's techniques, you know, Where you take things to the next level. You're just chicken fighting right now, but there's a kid that knows MMA and all of a sudden he's getting you in a rear naked choke on those monkey bars. Ian
1: was a much smaller kid than Casey. Casey was one of the taller, bigger kids. He wasn't really a bully per se, but he definitely had the physique at that age of someone who definitely did well at football and other sports, obviously. But football was something that was played every now and again by the kids that two hand touch kind of style yeah we did the same and the other kids that were in there uh too, adam and jeremy were of the same kind of ilk where they were very sports related ian was not a very sports related kid because of his sports involvement being much less than the other kids i would say that he was definitely the underdog but he was being all wily evidently as i was making clear through my commentary
0: I mean, yeah, man, you know, when you're you're doing something silly like that, there's all kinds of weird tricks and stuff you got to pull, right?
1: I would like to make note of the first part of that clip. I was trying to find something to do. I was like, where is everybody? I'm on the playground with my tape recorder. And you're trying to find where the action's at. Because I need content evidently as a reporter as somebody who is trying where's to. where's the story where's the poop give me the <laughs> poop i want to find where that poop is and i want to store it so that it will remain Fresh and poopy, and poopy. <laughs> it's awful. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we have another few clips to talk about. No- nothing involving chicken fights or summer camp, it's something completely different.
0: Stay tuned, lost and rewound.
1: My nerdiness as a kid did not really go to such high levels of expectations. So sure, I had friends who played Dungeons & Dragons, and RPGs on the SNES were a thing that I played. I wasn't reading any fantasy novels. I didn't really have a real finger on the pulse of the dragon canon, if you want to call it that. (laughs) Fair enough. Ultimately, the games that existed throughout my circle of friends as I grew up in Woodstock, New York, were that of mostly just video games. And Dungeons and & Dragons was certainly played, and I entertained it every now and again. But there was one thing that I entertained that I could not get into, and I tried, and then it never existed past 1995, and that was Magic the Gathering. And Magic the Gathering began in the mid-'90s. It still goes on to this day, to my understanding. No, oh, they're,
0: they're still putting out new cards.
1: It is a multi-million dollar industry. And kids continue to play it that were not born when it had come out and i think that's really marvelous i'm going to play two clips right now the first one's basically my introduction to magic the gathering because i had no idea what it was up until this recording had happened let's listen to this magic
2: now i guess we can watch a card game we should like record a game are you done are you done? <laughs> no, uh, this is boring, it's boring graveyard like on that side. Yeah. Oh, who? You done? Yep, I'm done. You just <coughs> you just I'm done. I'm done. Uh, really like, no, <laughs> yeah, I it. Uh, I used my healing sword. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I need mana! Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on, I've got to discard. No, mana! I'm, no, no, I'm serious, I have no mana. I'm so mad. Like I have to discard. I'll discard this. It's what you doing? No. i got these awesome magic mm. Um, I everyone, say. I didn't know. I didn't know. God, I was going to say. But some people.
1: What does it mean to be included in something? You have friends who are involved in something that looks new, exciting, somewhat intricate, and all you want to do is do what they're doing. It's... Definitely not an ideal situation when someone is in a position where they are the last person to know. But that's how I always kind of felt with a lot of these activities. I always felt like I was always like the last person to know. So... In that clip, it's just a perfect example of a complete and utter disbelief that there was something else that was going on unbeknownst to me and that nobody told me about it.
0: <laughs> no, I was uh, I was right there. A lot of my hobbies from childhood were bandwagon hobbies that yeah. people I knew were doing it and I just went along. I'm, I know for sure that video games was like that. You know, I didn't have a big love of it when I first started playing them. They were cool. My friends were really into them. And now I play them more because I played them so much growing up with friends of mine. Magic was another thing that I personally got into because of friends of mine getting into it. And I ended up liking it a lot. Who was the friend of yours that was into it the most? It was probably Zach. It was it. probably the Zach. The guy that we had on the show before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, Zach. And his it was actually his older brother. Zach's older brother, Adam, was really into it. He used to play when we were kids, and we used to actually watch him and his friends playing, like, and he played with all the really old cards, and then he had a huge collection of the really old cards, so by the time we wanted to get into it, we were buying the cards that were like the newer generation, but then we could go, and he had all the like his brother really liked playing them, so we just had access to all these old cards, and we could make these really cool decks with cards that nobody knew about, that were a lot of money, and so we would actually have like basically these decks we would go to school with because the game had become really popular, and we would just be able to school people because we had access to all this old stuff from the last generation that was cool. Was it like a full speed ahead kind of thing? I definitely played it in middle school, and um, I want to say played it for maybe a little bit of high school. It was to the point that I used to bring decks with me to school, and we would play over lunch for, for for like years. Do you still know how to play? I do still know how to play.
1: Explain to somebody listening now who probably doesn't know how to play, because I sure as hell would not know how to describe this game. Much less I don't know how to describe anything really well at all.
0: <laughs> but to explain a little well, bit. Well, I know that they have added a lot of new rules, and there's, like, new functions of the cards that I don't I don't understand the new functionality. The good thing is about the newer functions is they'll typically explain it on the card. So basically, you're Harry Potter, except that you're trying to kill the other wizard. Yeah. So I guess you're Voldemort. Right, and then... You're wizard against something else else's wizard. Yeah, wizard against wizard. But it's only two people. Uh, only two people. Well, you could play with more than two, but that was not the way the game was played. Like, if you did that, you had to make up your own rules for it to work. And we did so often. we do, like, a tag team or, like, a two versus two sort of deal. But it was a one versus one game. Mm-hmm. You'd start with 20 life, and you basically... You're a wizard, so you gain your magical properties from the lands around you. So you had to gather lands, and the lands were called lands. But then they would, the lands would produce mana, and mana was the magic, the, the magical whisperings that allowed you to, to cast spells, basically. So you would have to gather all this land, and typically there was, I want to say, six different types of land, and there, that would mean that you would get different magical abilities from each different type of land. So they were, uh, one was a swamp, one was a forest, one was plains, one was an island. One was a volcano. I yeah, want to say, these all like sound that. familiar. Like, red was a volcano. Yeah, and they were always color based, basically. There was like island, which was blue, exactly. and then plains was white. Exactly. And then black was swamp. But and... then,
1: like, and all the cards were uh, of the mana were corresponding to whatever uh, color they had. Exactly. The, the color was corresponding so,
0: to. That. Yeah, the color would kind of give you the hint. And yeah. then each card would. Be a certain color. So, swamps was black. So, you could cast black spells with swamps. And then people would typically do one to two types of magic per deck. So, you'd have black and green, or black and red, or black and blue, or green and red. And you'd try to do ones that complemented each other. And then what you would do is you would cast spells that either would attack the other person with different magical abilities. Or you would cast spells that would, that would summon a creature, and the creature could also attack the other person. And then they would have their own creature, and you could all summon different amounts of creatures. And each creature would have a certain amount of strength, and then you'd battle against each other. And the world of Magic the Gathering, they had their own world, but it was really similar to Lord of the Rings. The monsters were really similar to Lord of the Rings monsters in the way that there was orcs and there was goblins and there was dragons and trolls and the classic canon of fantasy monsters. They weren't trying to get fancy with it. And there were ones that were fancier that were specific magical, you know, from Magic the Gathering. And there was, there was like heroes and characters and stuff. But for the most part, it was straightforward fantasy. And there were cards that represented spells or sort of inflictions, I think, as well. So depending upon what type of stuff you did... You know what type of magic it would have a certain type of ability, so for instance, if you had a deck that was a black deck, black was like the darkest monsters, so the black would be swamps would be the you know the land and you'd pestilence. Have, exactly you'd be casting pestilence upon them, and you'd be summoning vampires and all kinds of ghoulish creatures, yeah, and the green was creatures of the woods, so it'd be like tree monsters and um Lizards, Poison ivy. Poison ivy or, or an elf, you know, living in a tree. Um, <laughs> Just because why not? Because he's there. He's hanging out. He's the Keebler elf. He's like, I got cookies now, but later I'm going to attack you with this pickaxe. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, of course, you had the, the, the sea monsters of the water one. The red one was mostly fire-based creatures and, like, uh, desert-based creatures and uh, the white one was holy monsters. So the, the planes would be like angels and uh, lions, for some reason, were considered like holy. Um, and Siegfried and Roy. And Siegfried and Roy. And they'd come in on angelic wings and they'd come in a chariot and then they'd cast a magical spell. Where With their disappear. white Siberian tiger? Yeah. So I want to say that my best deck was, I had a black. You remember your best deck? I do remember my best deck, too. <laughs> what? Was, okay, I got to hear It this. was black and blue. Uh, because like, come on, I was going to give you a rise, you know? (laughs) And my deck was creatures that would fly and creatures that could pass through walls. That was like my, my thing. Because if you had a creature that could fly or a creature that could pass through walls, another creature couldn't necessarily stop him unless that creature could fly also. And the ones that passed through walls just basically couldn't be stopped and they were pretty rare. So I had like ghostly pirate creature guys and i'd have uh you know winged serpent monsters and stuff like that and uh i was basically that was my jam oh and i'd also try to mess with people so i had cards blue would also like make you get annoyed <laughs> so for some reason you'd have spells like misdirection which meant if somebody cast a spell on you you could cast a spell which made the spell be cast back on themselves <sighs> yeah so people used to hate me <laughs> i used to have a deck that was annoying <laughs> how long did it take you to accrue this deck I think that it took um, that the cards I amassed um, over a couple of years to really get it perfected. You went all in. For that was the thing: is people, certain people would be constantly remaking their decks, and they would be, you know, having trying to have a theme, you know. But for me, that was the one that was. I just wanted to make it really good, and, and I, it was my baby. And I, I always thought if I if I get cards, I would just put them in that one deck rather than constantly shuffling them through all the different ones.
1: Did it ever come up at any one time with friends that you played Magic: The Gathering with?
0: to share decks you would never you would never <laughs> share decks. you could you would lend somebody your deck but the integrity of your deck would stay the same meaning yeah, yeah don't take a card out of my deck bro uh, like don't don't take my cards so bro. this is
1: where i messed up because uh the demise of my deck which i don't even know how big it was i don't remember but i when i changed schools I never saw that deck again because I had combined it with another kid named Snow O'Connell who we've talked about on the show before. He does like professional BMXing and all that and he's uh, in California somewhere and trust me Snow I don't really care about this at all. (laughs) You
0: probably don't even remember If you have the deck Snow you can send it first class mail to, to Radio Free Brooklyn but if you don't Nobody cares.
1: (laughs) When I changed schools, I never saw that kid again. I never saw that deck again. And I just was really indifferent to the whole nature of being a Magic the Gathering player because after sixth grade, it totally ended. There's a a lot of cards that I would see over the years after, and I just never really cared enough. I I was like, oh, well, as the tide went away... With those cards. <laughs> oh, so did, did my those love. Those
0: days, yes. My friends, they do still try to like, they don't play the game really, but they always are like, oh, yo, did you hear they got this like new part of that game? And I can't believe that they're still talking about it. And I have one friend where every so often we'll have like a party and it'll be with all these old kids that we knew since childhood. So they knew that he knew that we all played this game, you know, 15 years ago. And he just always tries to hype us up and get us to play the game. But what he always wants us to do is we'd have a party, we'd all get drunk, and he goes, dude, we're going to go to the store, and we're going to buy, like, 50 packs. (laughs) And what we're going to do is we're going to hand, we're going to do what's called a booster draft, meaning that we're going to open the packs together, and we're going to pass the cards around, and you choose one card out from each pack, and they just pass them in a circle. And then you make your deck out of the cards that you got in that moment, and then everyone just kind of battles with the cards that they have. And there'd be some kind of prize. We'd make like some, people would put in like five bucks each or something like that. And then you get, whoever wins gets like the, you know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks prize. Hmm. It took away all of that, like, the thing of, like, oh, I've been making my deck for years. I've been
2: working on this forever. now. Oh, this is the best. My creatures can only be blocked if
1: you fly. and you don't fly, so you're in trouble.
0: Like, it took that out of me.
1: I have worked so hard for this.
0: He basically, the whole idea was you really had to be smart, because there was definitely strategy involved. There's one more clip I wanted to play in which uh, Eric describes a card.
2: It's on. Today I'm going to, right here. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Today I'm going to explain the difference between mono and poly artifacts. Mono and poly are divided up um, in the first cards, which were alpha and beta. That's what I meant. Did you hear that? <laughs> if not, so what? I disrupting things or is it, did you hear that? For example, well, it's an artifact, which is mana. Opponent must discard one card of her choice. That is what it does. <laughs> Thank you.
0: So he was talking about artifacts. So artifacts were the one type of spell that anyone could cast. And you didn't need a special type of magic to cast them. Okay. And you just needed mana, any type of mana. And they would basically be like as if you found a special, you know, a special relic and anyone could access it. And it, and it enhanced your power. So of deal with the idea. It would always be like a charm or a crown or an obelisk or something that was supposed to be like giving you more power or something like that. Or say it was a sword and you'd like the sword would help out your your dudes or something like that. It was oh. not color specific. It had, no, okay. had, it had its own color and its color was just like beige or something and anyone could use them. What would happen for most cards is you had to use a certain type of magic, but then... They would have like three of the certain type of magic and then the rest would be colorless and you'd have to you – could, you could use any type of mana. So that would give you the ability to use two different types of magic in one deck more or less because you'd have one requirement that says, oh, this is a blue card so I need two blue and three colorless, and you could use three from your green if you were blue and green or something like that.
1: I've learned so much, and yet I feel like I've learned nothing at all on this show. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it's one of those
0: things that even explaining this, I'm, I'm, I'm boring myself. <laughs> like the game, I think it's one of those things that, especially when you're a kid, like it's monsters, it's creatures, and the art on the cards was really cool. They would basically have a little painting, and they were like little fantasy paintings, and that was what was exciting to me about it. I'll tell you, sadly... And if you want to send me hate mail, people, I will accept it. I also played Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh,
1: well, but, that's our show today. <laughs> yeah,
0: for, for one summer, we played Yu-Gi-Oh. It was god-awful, uh, but that TV show came out. Um, everybody was sort of in that hype train from Dragon Ball Z and, we, and Pokemon. And then it went to Yu-Gi-Oh, and Yu-Gi-Oh was terrible.
1: I will say that the card game phenomenon with casting spells, the fact that I had already passed over the interest in Magic, and also Illuminati. There was, like, a lot of these other card games that came out after Magic to try and get on that train. Pokemon. I totally skipped over Pokemon.
0: I collected the Pokemon cards, but I, I never I never actually played it. Yeah. I just had them. I just owned some. Poser. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'll tell you. And this is... So Especially true. One. Yeah, right. This is so true, and I'm so not ashamed of it. I love Pokemon. I love it, dude. I, it's. I don't know if you heard about this. Have you heard about the new Pokemon game that's going to come all out? All I'm hearing about, um, dude. You've been hearing about it, then, I mean, right? I, I, it's not
1: all I've been hearing about. I have
0: been hearing about it. The Pokemon new Pokemon app. It's supposedly real life Pokemon. It's a VR Pokemon app that will put Pokemon into the real world. And the thing that kills me about it. In the Pokemon video game, you have to go to certain parts of the Pokemon world in the game to catch certain Pokemon. In the Pokemon VR app, you need to travel to real parts of the world to catch the Pokemon. Because they're wandering around and and they know that it's VR, so you'll look through your phone and you'll see the Pokemon in the phone walking around. But, like you literally would need to travel to like France to capture a certain Pokemon. Is this powered by Bitcoin or something? I don't know how it's gonna work. I think it might have just come out. It's either I think it literally came out like within this week. Well, I, I, I look forward to hearing more about that. So if on the next program, I'm, I'm not here and it's just Elan. I'm playing this Pokemon game. <laughs>
1: Uh, We gotta get out of here If you're still listening And we haven't totally alienated you uh, I'm so sorry That explanation was so
0: convoluted And I feel terrible for
1: it Hey, look, we we are here to get embarrassed with each other here And hopefully you can get embarrassed with us Each and every Thursday at 3pm On Radio Free Brooklyn
0: You know, some people love My Little Pony And they're grown men
1: Dude, don't even get me started One time I not even hashtagged Brony I just said Brony or like said something about it and there was a instant Twitter response
0: that came at me being like, retweet. And then all of a sudden, a ton of bronies. A thousand bronies. Oh, my God. Look it up, guys. If you don't know about bronies, check it out. It is, it is nuts. No, 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 no. Or no. don't, don't. Or don't, don't, j- or don't check j- it out. Just don't. Just don't. <laughs> we'll see you next
1: week. Thanks for enduring and listening, and we got a brand new episode with a new guest
0: next week. And you're here with Alon Danziger and Jimmy Hoffman on Radio Free Brooklyn at Lost and Rewound. See you all soon.
2: I am still the champion, my friend, Da-da-da-da-da. and I am, uh, like, still a champion of the way hard ones. Anybody wants to challenge me, anytime, any place, I'll, t- I'll take that challenge, no matter where, on a tricky your seat. That's all I have to say.